Welcome to Bible study, everybody. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. We're going through the book of Galatians that Paul wrote to the churches in the area of Galatia. We don't know how many there were. And really the theme we're dealing with is a vision of freedom. And in chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, we want to deal with the walk of freedom. The walk of freedom. How you live your life as a new creature in Christ. Father, bless this time in Bible study as we look at the walk of freedom in Galatians chapter 5. This couple had gotten all of these wedding presents. I mean, so many wedding presents. New TVs, brand new cars, new furniture. And they, they put it all out on Facebook and on Instagram. And, and they showed everybody, all of their friends and anyone who cared to know was shown all of the wonderful wedding gifts. So they got a pair of tickets to a Broadway show in the mail. And a simple note was handwritten. It said, guess who sent them? Well, the couple asked all of their friends and all of the friends said it wasn't them. So they just kind of shrugged their shoulders. And uh, when the time came to go to the Broadway show, they went and they thoroughly enjoyed themselves. It was a wonderful performance. When they came home to their house, the door was ajar. So they went in and all of their wonderful gifts had been stolen. Well, a few days later, there was another note that was sent to this newly married couple. And it was written in the same handwriting as the first note. And it simply said, now you know. A man was late taking his son to school. And when parents are late, they kind of get distracted. Well, the man, he made a red, he made a turn at a red light where he was not supposed to do it. And then after he had done it, he kind of shook his head. He said, "Uh uh-oh. And he said, I think I just made an illegal U-turn. And his little boy was sitting in the back seat, in his car seat. And he said, oh, daddy, that's okay. The police car right behind us just did the same thing. Well, I want to look at the walk of the believer. The walk of the believer. Let's look at, let's look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Paul said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Paul here said, you really have to choose. Are you going to be justified by the law? Is that going to make you right with God, the law of Moses, or faith in Christ? In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21, to rewind, Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come... By the law, Christ is dead in vain. Going back to the book of Romans, chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 4, 
verses 1 to 5, Paul looks at Abraham and he said, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now unto him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of, but of debt. You know, you go to work, you get a paycheck. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Abraham believed God in the book of Genesis. He did receive the sign of circumcision, but before he did that, he believed God. To show that the righteousness that God was looking for was before, and, and Abraham was way before Moses and any of Moses' laws. But even before the sign of circumcision was given to Abraham, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's salvation is a gift. I remember when I was driving in a church conference, and I've, I've told this story before, we were in Missouri, kind of in a rural Missouri area, and I didn't realize I was speeding. I blame it on the rental car, but I really didn't know. I mean, I've sped before and known it. I wasn't aware. I was talking to my wife, and then, you know, you saw the cop do the U-turn, just like in the joke that I told, and then he was following me. And so I, I turned off the, the road onto a, a, a gravel road or dirt road, which is what led where it led to where we're having conference. And so... Unfortunately, all the people going by were headed to the conference and they, you know, they probably recognized me. Pretty embarrassing. And the long arm of the law was right behind me. Well, uh, the cop got out and I don't remember exactly when I said it, but I said, Lord, I said, Jesus or Lord, get me out of this ticket. And I remember pointing up. My wife was in the car. She could back this up. Now, I say, don't try this at home, kids. Jesus might not get you out of every ticket, but I'm going to use this for an example. Because uh, by the law, uh, I guess, you know, I didn't realize it, but I guess I was speeding. Uh, I realized that when I saw the cop, even before I stopped. But the law had already judged me. I was on there, the radar gun or however he stopped me, and I was wrong. So he came up and we talked and he got my information and he came back and uh, I was given a warning. I was given a warning. So a preacher, but I was just going with the flow of traffic. You know, you can say whatever you want, uh, but if you're looting just because that's what everyone else is doing, you're still wrong. And so anyway, the cop let me go. And let me tell you, I was one uh, uh, traffic law obeying person after that. I had a pile of cars behind me, but I didn't care, right? I had gotten that grace by that officer and by the Lord one time. So the Bible says, where do we get our justification, though? See, well, I had broken the law, 
But what got me free and what got me forgiven was that mercy of that officer and the mercy of Jesus Christ that, that I believed in getting me off that charge. You see, and Paul was saying, what gets you right with God? Is it uh, dotting your I's and crossing your T's? You see, the law can't give us the means to get right with God. The law can only condemn us when we're wrong with God because it's truly impossible to keep all of the laws of God. You're going to end up breaking them. Hence, the sacrifices that were necessary. But you see, the Bible talks about the liberty that Christ had given us to make us free. It comes in Jesus Christ. Now, I'll deal a little bit more with that. You say, well, preacher, all you have to do is, is uh, how does that make you keep all the traffic laws? Yeah, brethren, I've still broken traffic laws. I'm sure you probably have too. But spiritually speaking, Christ is our freedom. Christ is our freedom. He said in verse 7, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? You see, the truth is a person. John chapter 14 and verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He didn't say by Moses or by doing law, uh, keeping, trying to keep a bunch of laws. He said, but by me, by Christ. No one gets into heaven except by Jesus. The Bible says in verse 8, let's go and continue in Galatians. Paul said, This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You see, these Galatians were kind of going back to the law of Moses. But uh, the Bible says in verse 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, yet if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. And then he said, I would that they, I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty as an occasion for the flesh. But by love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. And you might think, well, preacher, are you just saying we should speed and love Jesus? No. I'm saying that we should walk in the liberty of Jesus Christ and love one another. Romans chapter 13, verses 8, 9, and 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying. Namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill 
to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. I remember I was talking to a gentleman who thought you had to keep the Ten Commandments. And I, I showed him this scripture and he said, so all I have to do is love people. And I said, yes, <laughs> the Bible says love worketh no ill to his neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to hate him, kill him. You're not going to steal his wedding gifts. You're not going to steal his wife. Why? Because you love him. Because you love God. Verse 16, this I say then, Paul writing to the church, walk in the spirit. That's where you get your freedom. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, God takes us to a higher plane. And there was a song, and I know it's a worldly song. It was written by Steve Winwood. And it's, it talked about higher love. And yes, it, I don't know what it was talking about. But really, that's what I'm talking about. That God gives us a higher plane on which to live. You see, if you're trying to fulfill all the laws according to your own flesh and your power, that flesh doesn't give you any power to overcome itself. The works of the flesh, we'll talk about those in a moment. But the walk in the Spirit shows that we have been delivered from those things that keep us down to walk in the freedom with the power of the Spirit of God. See, God... I heard a good message from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And a man preached this. He said, it's not, a good it's not good grammar, but he preached from part of the text of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. He preached, Where you be. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, where you be? And so as a Christian, we need to be a be, do Christian, not a do, be Christian. I do things because I am a Christian. I don't do things to become a Christian. I go to church not to become a Christian or to be justified with God. I go to church because I am a Christian, to show that I love God. It, it is all, uh, why do you pay tithe? I pay tithe because, <laughs> honestly, it's a blessing to me to pay tithe, but I love God. I'm not doing it to be right with God. I'm loving Jesus to be right with God. I'm believing Jesus to be right with God, and I'm free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of Moses and the ceremonial law and circumcision, all these other things. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit... You're not under the law. Say, so say, preacher, but I don't want to be under the Spirit. Well, you can see what the works of the flesh are. The works of the flesh come out of our heart, right? And if we don't have the freedom of the Spirit of God in our life, this is what we get wrapped up in. Verse 19, and it's a long list, and I'll try to go over them kind of quickly, right? Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, cleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. 
and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We say, well, amen. Well, you know, sometimes we say amen when we should be saying, wait, what? Because half of those things you said, preacher, I have no idea what they were. If I was, uh, you know, had to define them under the threat of death, just kill me now. Well, I'm with you, okay? <laughs> but let's go over them. Adultery is unlawful sexual relations between men and women, and that's outside the covenant of marriage. And within the covenant of marriage is the only time you should be having sex. Is that pretty simple? Fornication, pornea, that's what it comes from. So you get the idea. It's unlawful sexual relations. It's just a wider scope. Uh, God doesn't believe in pornography. Okay, porn. Uncleanness, that's the opposite of purity. It, it encompasses all kinds of sexual perversion, homosexuality, lesbianism, etc., Yes, that's still wrong. I know it's not popular, but the word of God is the word of God. Lasciviousness. Those are things that produce lustful emotions. And they foster and promote lust and sexual sin. And there's all kinds of stuff there. Idolatry. It means image worship, but really what your passion and your heart gets set on, gets set on apart from God. You know, like my, my girlfriend, I'm not coming to church because my girlfriend doesn't like it. Or I, why? Because they're more important than God. Or say, preacher, I don't worship idols, but I can't come to church because I have to detail my truck, right? People can worship a car or a person or a truck or anything else beside God. That becomes your idol. Witchcraft, using evil spirits and potions, to either do evil or good to someone. It's just harnessing an evil spirit instead of God's spirit, right? Hatred, bitter dislike, holding grudges, like, you know, you know, some people have a one-car grudge and some people have a two-car grudge. Some people have a six-car grudge. Variance is quarreling. Some people can never just, you know, agree. Emulations. That's just striving to excel, stepping on other people's heads so that you can, you know, lift yourself up. Wrath, thumos, it comes from the word, means to breathe hard. Like, you know, how someone has this lasting anger, like a, ah, like they have rage. That's wrath. Strife, paybacks. You ever heard of someone say paybacks? That means trying to pay back the wrong someone has done to you in kind. You know, they do you wrong and you pay them back with more wrong. Seditions, that's popular disorder, trying to get someone to disobey the government. Heresies. Now, a heretic just simply means a dissenter, okay? But it's only wrong when you dissent from the truth. Envyings, that means pain, being green with envy, sick at someone getting blessed. Brother or sister, if you get a new car, if you get a new uh, whatever, if you get a new job, if you get a raise, God bless you. I'm happy for you. Let me tell you that right now. If you lose weight, bless you. If you gain weight and muscle, bless you. Man, I'm glad for you. Murders. We don't have to beat that definition to death, do we? Drunkenness. I could give you a definition that couldn't stand on its own. We understand those. Revelings. Those are wild parties, right? But the wild part isn't necessarily wrong because it's loud or exciting. It's wrong because of the sin that is involved in those parties. Drunkenness, sex, different things. That's what reveling is. And then the Bible said, and such like. 
Paul said, you know, you do all these things, but you know, they're all focused on me and my way. Like that man said, I'm going to do it my way. You know what? We should be focused on God's way. God's way. So the works of the flesh are based upon us getting our way and doing things our way to make ourselves feel good, whatever that is. But notice verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, there is an acid test to God's fruit and God's love and God's ways. You know what an acid test was? When gold prospectors needed to be able to see what gold was versus all the other metals that they dug up, the original test was developed in the late 18th century and relied on nitric acid's ability to dissolve other metals more readily than gold. So they'd get this test sample, they put the nitric acid in, and it would dissolve the other metals, and the gold would be left there, less affected. You know that, uh, so it really means a sure test, giving an incontestable result. And it was to determine what was gold. You know what God's gold is? Love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, which means self-control against such. Notice this. There is no law. You know when these things are in abundance in a society, if you want to defund the police, let me tell you, you can. You can defund the police when a society gets to Jesus and you just won't need a bunch of police officers. I'm sorry to say that it's a good job. That's one way to defund the police. That'll be a blessing to the society because you won't need it. And let me just say that I love cops. Look, I think you're not going to defund the police. You need police. I appreciate the police out there. And uh, But let me tell you, there was a time in 1904 and 1905, there was a revival in Wales, which is part of the United Kingdom. And God had done such a, such a work in people's lives. And their lives changed. I think the uh, hundreds of thousands, I believe 100,000 people were converted there. It was an amazing time. Give or take, right? Well, taverns went bankrupt because people no longer bought alcohol. Now, there were no laws against this. People just changed their life. Soul winning spread throughout the coal mines. So even the coal miners, when they got saved, their donkeys were confused. Why? Because the coal miners used to kick and curse their donkeys in order to get them to move. Well, they stopped cursing and they stopped kicking. And the donkeys couldn't understand the instructions or the commands of these new Christian miners. The judges had no cases to try. And now this is what I want to talk to you about defunding the police, right? By December, police were out of work. So they went with the crowds and formed quartets to sing during church services. Why? There was no disorder. There were no lawbreakers because people had gotten to Jesus and you didn't need a bunch of the long arm of the law out there. And that's the only time that you're going to need to fund the police 
And that's going to be in widespread revivals when people get to Jesus and begin walking in love because you won't need law to back up God's spirit in love. Verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, effect, with the affections and lusts. There's a control that takes over when we love Jesus. So the other part's just not necessary. Don't look for that unless there is a widespread revival, okay? If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Brethren, Christ makes you free. Not confessing all of your sins, but it says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Isn't it time that we just trust Christ for our salvation? Not how many times you went to church. And just start walking in love and let God do a miracle in your life. Let the freedom, let all the burdens go to the side. And you know what, if God deals with your heart about something, well, let it go and let Jesus Christ give you something better. But focus on Christ and what he's done on the cross. That his blood has set us free. That his blood has washed away our sins. That God has taken you as you are. But he loves you too much to leave you as you are. And let him lead you by his spirit. The Bible says the steps of a good man, a good woman, a good teenager, they're ordered by the Lord. And he'll delight in your way and you'll delight in his. And God will set you on a walk of freedom. Freedom in his spirit. Freedom above the law of doing, but freedom in the law of being what God wants you to be and then then walking in the light of how God leads your life through his word and by his spirit. And it's a wonderful life. A vision of freedom, walk of freedom. And it's a blessing of freedom. God bless you as you approach July 4th. When America celebrates her freedom, God bless you is our prayer.